Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, now featuring Oscar nominations. Yeah, they happen. Exactly. You imagine such a thing. <laughs> We're on the other end of an Oscar nominations that... uh. We'll get into it, but I kind of feel like maybe I'm wrong, but with maybe one or two exceptions, but I'm just going by the overall feeling, there wasn't an, an absolute shit ton to complain about. People who yeah. you know, weren't happy about certain things weren't happy, but the overall vibe wasn't, well, they fucking did it again. Um, there's one notable exception, but we'll talk about that when we get to that category because I think it's... Uh, somewhat more nuanced than that but i don't I, you know if you really like a couple of things nominated you might be very excited but i think the i don't know maybe most people fall into my category where i was like all right that's this is all fine stuff i like stuff i don't like but nothing that really was um worth making a fuss about even though it's kind of the job to make a fuss does that that kind of make sense? It does. Make yeah, sense. I would say I would say the good outweighed the bad for the most part. Sure, and I, and realistically, that almost always happens. But the bad sometimes is quite uh, bold. And there's uh, no like green book level errors here. Exactly. There was a lot of good. So yeah, and I mean, and in the case where maybe uh, the winner in a category might not be particularly exciting. It makes for an exciting race. So there's something there. Cough, cough, cinematography. Um, We'll talk about that later. Um, But yes. We will talk about that. Yes. Um, We're going to be uh, Oscar-centric on this episode. I'm not going to talk about predictions yet. Probably wait a week to to do that. We'll talk about how we did. We all have our our totals. Um, We'll recap The Last of Us since we're into that. A bunch of questions from you guys. So uh, let me start with... Well, obviously, Miles and Steve are here since we're just talking. Miles, Hi. Um, oh, yeah, I'm do here. You, yeah, you, you are here. You're not tired oh. today. You don't have an excuse. I'm the tired one. Um, so Miles, you do have something you want to say, but you can do it now or at the end. It's up to you. But also, I'm curious, what's your Save Oscar it. morning routine? Do you do you wake up for it, especially now that you're on the West Coast? Do you take it in later? Do you have a, a tradition? You know, there are people who, who make a big thing of it. Sure. Um, so I probably, yeah, it's probably only been this year and last year that I've actually watched the nominations live. Most years previously, I would just like look them up and read them like whenever I woke up that day. Sure. Um, but for the past two years, uh, so on our coast currently, um, it was like 630 in the morning. So we just kind of got up early and, you know, Made some coffee and tea, respectively, and just kind of, you know, I had my predictions, you know, side by side as you do and sort of, you know, see how it goes. And, you know, not to not to give too much away, but, you know, we 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 cheered when Natu Natu was nominated. We cheered when Eddie Redmayne was not nominated. You know, it's just a, a good time had all around. <laughs> oh, Eddie. Poor guy. Yeah. Um. Oh, and uh, as yes. far as the announcement, uh, since you teed me up, I can go ahead and do that now since it doesn't relate to anything else. Cool. Okay, so announcement time. This is uh, this is an exclusive. Uh, Joe and Steve have no idea what I'm about to say. Oh, boy. Um, 
For the past three years on Awards Radar, I have been doing the 31 Days of Halloween challenge every year, uh, where you watch a different horror or horror-adjacent movie every day of October. And uh, through the process, every year, um, first my girlfriend, then my fiancé, then my wife. I uh, think I know what's happening. uh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Kelly has stuck with me for three years of 31 Days of Halloween Challenges and has watched everyone and been an absolute fucking trooper through some very, you know, even even as a gorehound myself, I will call some of the stuff we watch questionable. Um, so we decided this year it's only fair. So starting in February, yes. Kelly is going to be curating the 28 Days of Love yes uh equivalent where every day we'll be watching either rom-com romantic drama romantic love story adjacent and we will be kicking off with the before trilogy that joey got me on criterion as a wedding gift have you watched it i have not seen them you've never seen it and she she's never she's never seen them either exactly it'll be the first time for both of us are you wrapping up on my bloody valentine (laughs) <laughs> we actually did that at the guild uh, last year. Uh, there you go. We we might find a way to sneak it in. I've I've done what I can to put like my artsy fartsy bullshit in there. Yeah, yeah. But but I am gonna have to watch some Julia Roberts shit. So we'll see how this goes. Hey, oh, yeah, I will, I'm gonna join in. Are you gonna po- you post a list beforehand, right? Uh, I can do if you're interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. I you know I may slip a few in there as well. Yeah. Let's uh let's keep up with this and depending on. Uh, her availability maybe we'll, we can have uh we can have kelly come on at the beginning or the end to uh well the end definitely let, let us know how you were but maybe at the beginning to hear about the uh the hopes the dreams the fears you know at what point will you will you start kicking and screaming when when julia roberts just can't commit to one of the two perfect guys oh yeah no i'm sure she would love that all right we'll make that happen i like it um Steve, quickly, um, what's your tradition? Because I don't know when you sleep, so you might still be awake when the nominations happen, for all I know. Uh, no, I, I do get some sleep. I, you know, I, I wake up, I used, I would always go to, like, Good Morning America. I think they would usually uh, be airing it. I think at one point, maybe E even had it, if E even exists. But yeah, I, I try my best to, uh, to be awake and aware when I'm seeing those live but you know there have been years I, I couldn't miss it i was on the train or whatever but uh yeah if i can i'm i'm definitely in front of the tv i remember uh calling in and saying yeah, I'm a, i'll be a little bit late and giving some bs excuse when i was actually just sitting home watching so uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. and at this point i don't work there anymore so you can't do anything to me can you <laughs> suckers yeah there we go <laughs> um let's kick off with the last of us since most of our rest of our stuff is is Oscar centric, and if either of you saw a thing in the, in the last week you want to bring up, we can we can tie it in with the Last of Us. Last of Us episode two, um, yeah, right, episode two, yeah, um, two continue continues to be great. Um, gets them sort of at the beginning of the adventure. It's uh, this one is is shorter than episode one, so it felt very tight. There there was sort of nothing but momentum. And I, I was, uh, I was taken aback almost, not in a bad way, but just in like, oh, this is a, this is not necessarily a leisurely stroll through the world of this game. It's, it's going to be, uh, you know, rough, like we knew. Also, I, I assume 
that most of them are going to have a cold open relating to what's going on in the world because this one was a fucking banger too. Mm-hmm. Somehow maybe yeah. more depressing than the first one. And and yeah, geez, Louise. <laughs> episode one of the show, for those who don't remember, kicked off with the doctor basically explaining how we're all going to die. And we lose. Episode, yeah, we lose. What a haunting, oh, haunting it gives phrase. me the chills. My God. Yeah. Um, especially since we we basically lived through a version of this, and we lived. Through, yeah, it that. all it all rings a whole lot more familiar mm-hmm. now than if they'd made it like a decade ago and they when, wanted to. Exactly when we when we lived through one where essentially what we were told was we'll win. It's going to take about a year, right? That was sort of the broad strokes of like, yeah. we'll have a vaccine in about a year, which isn't helpful when you're like, but people are dying now and I can't leave my house. But if I, if I stay in my house and do nothing, I'm probably fine, right? We had a, we had a in hindsight, we had, a, we had as much of a um, emotional and mental prison as a physical one. That was, that was yeah. for a lot of people oh, yeah, the worst sure. part was the, I can't do any of the things I used to do. You, you, there was a way to stay safe. Um, many people are still making use of many of those methods. Episode one of The Last of Us very clearly takes that away. And and knowingly, none of this is being done without knowledge of how it's playing off of our current um, anxieties and, and hindsight. So to then have episode two put it into practice was, uh, oof, if that's going to be every episode, this is, this show should come with like Klonopin or something. <laughs> as good not a complaint again it's it's one of my favorite shows in a long time granted i don't watch a lot of tv but they are they are acing this in a in a very significant way yeah i mean there's i mean it's not a misstep yet and and knowing what happens in episode three and playing the game so closely to it um i mean it, it's it's fantastic to to at one moment be controlling these characters and saying, why are we doing this? And then have to watch it come to life. And even more, I think it's, you know, it's, it's 10 times more terrifying on, on screen or, you know, on a, in, on a television series than it is in the video game, because, you know, you grow really even more attached to the characters and they're human and, you know, they're flesh and blood. Like the, the moment, um, Tess, Tess's moment, which wasn't part of the game, was had me like I found myself like tightening my lips. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop! It was so stomach turning, so terrifying, and just her clicking that uh, that lighter, trying to get that to light, to light. You're like, you know, everything else in the world disappears, and you're so wrapped up in it. I'm like, man, that's incredible to bring that intensity into a from a video game into uh, a live action series is. Just something that I've never seen done before. You know, maybe the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, notably. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm so pleased with what I'm seeing, and excited to yeah. play more and to and to watch more. Oh yeah, you're you're going through it like that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, ahead. I I would echo that. I think it's shocking how good of an adaptation it is. Not just in terms of how well it nails all the aesthetics, but in terms of like 
like just the vibe and the feel and like they do they like condense conversations that you would have over an extended period of time in the game into like one more sort of focus scene and like mm-hmm. like all the changes that they've made have absolutely been for the better all the additions and all the new stuff especially both of the cold opens have been stellar um the the chemistry is already there between pedro pascal and bella ramsey like there's already like these little jabs that they're getting at each other that you just know especially with anyone with any knowledge of where that relationship heads it's uh, it's already laying the groundwork beautifully so um yeah i can't think of oh I will say the one thing that was the highlight for me for this episode was how they handled the clickers. I thought that was so tense and so well executed and just really sort of stomach churning. And what I was Mm -hmm. most impressed by is that in a lot of ways, anyone who's played one of those sections of the games, like they do kind of replicate the feeling of actually playing one of those sketch sections. Oh, the, kind of the like museum, re- yeah. You got to navigate around them. Like, you know, the sheer panic when one of them sees you and there's yeah. this frenetic, like, running around and shooting them and trying to hide again. And it, it's, it, it's a whole thing. The only thing they haven't replicated is when I throw my controller across the floor and I'm like, you know, not again. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to play this again? Oh. Well, I'm just excited for all the sections we're going to have where Joel's raiding all the cupboards for, like, you know, screws and uh, bandages and things like that. Or the, the was it the comic books where he's like, the, like he's puzzled at the existence oh, of the comic books. Oh, we have to get the comic books. Which is funny because he's, he's a normal human being in 2000 and so something, but behind. The, any modern thing is puzzling him in the game. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's but he's also just like an old-fashioned guy. True. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, the the show is is doing great, and I know fourteen hundred um, to the fifteenth century. Next week will be the one that we're probably going to spend a little more time talking about because it's been deemed the episode of the season by a lot of people. Well, so I'm we'll, excited uh, to see where it goes because exactly zero complaints so far. Yeah, exactly. So far, it's everything you could want and more. I've um, seen where it goes. You, yeah, there you go. Um, it's good. Steve is ahead of us, so that's it's cool. Um, I don't. Even, even I, I don't even want to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Finish up. Finish up. Uh, I don't want to tease. I was going to say I don't want to tease because I think it's. I mean, yeah. I can't wait to talk about it next week. That's oh, all yeah. I'll say. Well, next week. Um, did either of you see anything new since we last we recorded? I've been um, focused on TV. Okay. And yeah, you so. you were watching. You had mentioned uh, this and Vox Machina yeah. and stuff. I think the you said you of started Vox watching Machina. Shrinking, right? Shrinking. Yeah. Shrinking is uh, great. Yeah, Bill Lawrence's uh, new series. I think it's also co-produced by Brett Goldstein, correct? Yeah, it's it's the Ted Lasso team minus uh, Sudeikis. Um, okay. But I think Jason Segel might be a partial yes, writer on it. Yes, I think so. So it's it's a different Jason. Um, and it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. I um, uh, My interviews with Bill Lawrence and Segel are up on the site. Segel and I get along because we've interviewed before. Did you notice that he says hello the way he says it in movies sometimes? In the second second episode, I think. No, no. It comes out of the bushes. Uh, Miles, you saw I Love You, Man, right? Yeah. You remember when he, he goes to the open house when he first meets Paul Rudd and he's leaving the open house and like someone's looking, he does kind of like a, like a, I don't know how, how he can speak. He goes like, hello, but it's his like, it, you've heard him doing like a movie or two. It's like his like lurchy kind of sound. He does it in the show and I was amused okay. and I actually asked him about it. And he did it for me. He was like, oh, you like that. You can tell it's just like a thing he does and he just likes doing it. I like when that happens. Fair enough. I'm, I, you know, like a very minor, like nobody's gonna care, but it makes me happy thing. I, I'm all about that for an actor. 
Um, and in Bill Lawrence, yeah, I realized randomly, like, I like his shows. And I don't really watch a lot of TV, but, like, I liked Scrubs. I love Ted Lasso. I really like this show. I liked Spin City back in the day because I like Michael J. Fox. So did I. Um, and then just stuff he wrote on. I liked Boy Meets World. I, I really like The Nanny. Like, I think I, I think he's my TV guy. Go figure. Um, so there's yeah. there's that there's that small screen stuff. And then, Miles, you said there was a movie, right? Uh, yeah, the only new movie I saw is I uh, finally caught up with uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Ah, essential um, viewing. Well, I mean, kind of. Like, I'll say this. It absolutely deserves to be in the five. Yes, it's, um, it's, it's very cute. It's borderline mm-hmm. delightful. It's... Like, the new animation style is doing a lot of the legwork for me in terms of, like, making it a much more endearing sort of thing. So even when it hits, like, familiar, like, plot and character beats, like, it does it with this kind of panache that you sort of appreciate a bit more. Uh, There's a little bit more work done with, like, the characters and with their conflicts and dynamics and stuff. Like, not super deep stuff, but, like, it's the kind of attention paid that not every movie like that does. Um, so no, I thought it was delightful for an animated film though. I think it does get a little bit deep and, you know, about, you know, well, that's what I mean. Much deeper than you would normally expect. Especially from like a Shrek film that we're always like, okay, let's throw as many pop culture references on the screen as we can. Um, I, I was really impressed with it. I'm like, I didn't tune out at all, which is a good thing because I haven't enjoyed a Shrek related film since Shrek, since Shrek, maybe. So, but yeah, it's a good film. Oh, real quick though, one that we glossed over it, but um, The Legend of Vox Machina, Prime Video, is if you are a D&D person, a D&D fan, a fan of fantasy, a fan of uh, good humor and action, give it a shot. It's a, I, I looked at it as like, nah, I, probably not for me. And I, I can't remember exactly why I I decided to, to jump back in besides being told I should watch it. And uh, five minutes in, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. This is so much fun. So check that one out. It's got a ton of stuff going for it. And this season, dragons. Dragons are always good. And uh, Ryan Johnson and uh, Natasha Lyonne, Poker Face, the... Murder of the week Ooh, with yes, the yes. star, you know, uh, star guest star of the week, celebrity yes. guest star of the week with an Ryan amazing get, guest guest star of awards oh. radar recently. Yeah, yeah, and check out the interview. And but his actually, his lineup is excellent. His lineup yeah. is of guest stars is excellent. But you can watch it for Nat- Natasha Leona alone. She's she's wonderful, and nice. uh, it's if you liked. If you like the Knives Out stuff, it's it's not you know it's, it's not like anything that you would think is derivative. Ryan Johnson's that, murder, she wrote. Yeah, it it that's what it is. It's actually Ryan Johnson's Columbo kind of esque type show. Check it out. Even better, a lot um, of fun. And then uh, yeah, I we have I, I was just going to mention when we said Ryan Johnson, we have a bunch of actually interviews with nominees. Mm-hmm. Which as we go through the nominees, I guess when we remember, we'll mention them. But um, if we think about it, maybe we'll collect them and, and tweet them out at some point. In case you guys want to see them, um, let's uh, let's take a question. Now that we've uh, gotten into what we've seen, unless Miles, you have more to say about uh, Puss in Boots or just? I know I like the wolf. The yeah, wolf the is wolf. fucking terrifying. The wolf, the wolf, uh, yeah, as a kid, the wolf might have been able to give you some nightmares, but I do love that he's like. Oh no! If um, I was like five imposing. and I saw that movie, the wolf would have absolutely scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no question. Team friendship. 
right. Um, let's actually no. Let's let's start with Ryan's uh, film hog face off before we get too Oscar centric, um, because it's uh, it's Miles's top tens is where we're up to. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes. So <clears throat> we'll also Ryan says uh, thanks for reading the combined staff top ten and my own top ten on the podcast. That was a fun surprise. Uh, our pleasure. I always look forward to the uh, staff top ten uh, when he combines them. So I'm I'm into that. All right. Number 10, Glass Onion or The Tragedy of Macbeth? Ooh, apples and oranges here. Um, Yeah, they're both giving me very different things. I really love both, but I think Glass Onion's probably the one I'm more likely to go back to. I like Glass Onion uh, a fair amount more, so I'm going to be on that one. Steve? Same here, Glass Onion. All right, cool. Uh, Number nine, you want to talk about apples and oranges, Barbarian or The Mitchells versus The Machines? (laughs) <laughs> oh god um all, all of these are kind of like this is there's gonna be some real whiplash going on what can i say i like genre yeah um gosh yeah apples and oranges i think barbarian is fantastic but you do have to be in a certain mood or a certain setting for it and it's also the kind of movie where, like, I'm probably more likely to watch it if I'm showing it to someone, like, for yeah, the yeah. surprise element, than just to rewatch on my own. Um, I think Mitchell's versus the Machines probably has more to offer on a rewatch. Mm. Ever so slightly, I'm going to go Barbarian. I don't know why I'm going second instead of third recently, but I'm oh, sorry. Right. I'm ch- I'm chiming in when I feel like it. Also, I'm here. I'm still um, here and, and away. Oh. Well, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. We figured out why. Um, guess that was that was just in case in previous uh previous months so yeah i'll go barbarians but it's close i also figured uh steve's going mitchell's but i just wanted to quickly mention we're recording this on the day that um the barbarian director's uh, next film was sort of yes in in the sense of the script got a bidding war and will be made by warner brothers and new line again and um is described as basically a horror version of magnolia so uh, yes please oh wow yeah sounds good also got great title weapons I'm, I could not be more excited. Yeah. Uh, Steve, it's Mitchell's for you, right? It's Mitchell's. I it's thought so. Far and away Mitchell's. Yeah, yeah. This is, goes back to last week when I said there's certain movies that I know you've uh, talked about a lot more. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, kind of lays the groundwork. Number eight, Vengeance or Tick, Tick, Boom? Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, not a lot of overlap between the two um i think vengeance is just a little bit more the kind of movie i generally like and has a bit more on its mind overall fair steve yeah it's vengeance for me uh tick tick boom is a film i appreciated i didn't really enjoy my time there so all right um yeah i'm I'm on vengeance as well i love vengeance tick tick boom was good I, i like i said last year it was maybe a little inside baseball um not even in a in a bad way just i think if i think the real um litmus test there is how you feel about the diner scene if you know everyone in that diner scene this movie is so very much for you and if you which don't, is funny because i absolutely don't yeah and if you don't it doesn't mean you're not gonna like it but i i, I feel like there are elements of the film where your focus will be elsewhere from where uh, a fan would be. And that, there's nothing wrong with it. it is, I do think, miles aside, how much you like that scene may determine how much you like the movie overall. 
that's sort of my uh, my thought process there. I, I haven't considered that much because, again, I didn't dislike the movie. It just it, it didn't even bounce off me so much as I, I liked it and went, that was okay. And I know there were people who it meant, like, the world to. And good for them. Well, yeah, for the record, my sister, who would know every single person in that scene, uh, absolutely loved the film. So Yeah, there you yeah. go. It like has its audience. Yeah. yeah. Number seven, The Banshees of Inisherin or Riders of Justice? That was a good one. Um, yeah, big fan of both films, but I think I'm going Banshees of Inisherin. I think the writing and acting and everything is just a little bit tighter overall. Mm-hmm. Steve? Yeah, same here, but it's closer than you think. Right. Yeah. Ban- Banshees for me. It's a sweep. Number six, Top Gun Maverick or Spencer? Oh, God. Like, not a single <laughs> one of these is, like, remotely <laughs> similar. Um, I think probably Top Gun, just because I don't know that I'll ever watch Spencer again. Um, but I really, really love and admire it. But Top Gun's just a fun time. Sure. Steve? Yeah, I agree. Spencer, there's plenty to admire there, but Top Gun is just... I can't. I'm looking forward to watching it again. So yeah, I I, I think Spencer might be a better movie, but um, Spencer is the kind of movie you love during that season, and and then you kind of let go of. And Top Gun is that's exactly bit, it. Yeah, a little bit evergreen. Um, not that like if Spencer wasn't on TV, I wouldn't watch parts of it. And I saw it a second time when I went to Miles's wedding. I took uh, my ex and I went to go see it so I could revisit it and uh, she could watch it. So I um. I've certainly seen it more than once and, and, and love it. But yeah, Top Gun does feel like uh, whenever it inevitably moves from Paramount Plus to the ability to watch it somewhere, whatever, however, if it, if it is on TV at some point in some manner, it, you're going to watch it when mm-hmm. you pass it. You're just going to stop. Um, yeah. But no shade on Spencer. Number five, Decision to Leave or In the Heights? Uh, big fan of both. Uh, if I were to redo my list of last year again, I don't know that In the Heights would be as high as it is. Yeah, I still really love it, but I don't know. I think, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you why I've, not even that I've soured on it, but just that I don't feel quite as enthusiastic. The memory of it uh, um, faded. That said, Decision to Leave, and we'll get into this a bit later, is a goddamn masterpiece and should have been in serious consideration for most categories, not just yes. international. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling especially passionate about that one now. So it's going to be Decision to Leave. Oh, the irony. Um, I have to go with In the Heights, which I'm like, I liked it, but I'm vaguely oh. indifferent to because I hadn't seen Decision to Leave. Because I went, oh, once it gets the nomination, that'll be the my like reminder to catch up catch up yeah so whoops i have a few of those that's a problem yeah i I need a one or two like as we once it gets late enough and and like now with like sundance having started which we can talk about briefly in a second um and you know some earlier releases and just like the playoffs with football you start to look for a way to like cut like a couple movies back and i always like to have a doc or two or maybe an international feature or two or sometimes the animated features that like you know, they didn't do terrible this year, but sometimes there's one where you're like, oh, I don't want to have to watch, uh, like, uh, what's the, not Sammy the Bull. Um, what was his name? The Sea Beast? Well, yeah, like the Sea, I, yeah. I, I watched the Sea Beast because uh, it was on Netflix at one point and I don't remember anything about it. So, whoops. But, um, 
What was the John Cena was like the bull? It's a book. It's a kid's book. Oh, Ferdinand the bull. Yeah, yeah, like Ferdinand. Oh, yeah. Like that was a great example of like I'm not gonna watch Ferdinand. Oh, it got nominated. I guess I gotta watch Ferdinand. Like, um, but decisionally was like, oh, I'll have a reason to sit down and be like, oh, I gotta see why this is so good. Like, drive my car last year. I got around to it. Not as late as everyone, but it was one of the last things I watched before like voting for stuff. Because like, oh, I'm excited to watch this now, as opposed to this three-hour Japanese movie sounds like work. Um, Steve, I assume you're on decision to leave. Yes, I yeah. am. In the Heights has some great moments, but uh, yeah, decision to leave is fantastic. So I mean, yeah, we we no no dogs on these lists. I mean, really, aside no. from you know, occasionally I have a somewhat more out there choice because the movie was made for me. We're talking about movies almost everyone likes, or if not. Almost everyone here likes, and really, who else matters? Um, our our <laughs> just spinal tap of whiplash continues. Um, prepare, prepare your neck. The Batman or Licorice Pizza? <laughs> Number four. <fours. laughs> At least that one you can almost be like, I wonder what PTA would make a Batman movie out of. Yeah, I'd watch it. We're into your top five. Um, Number fours. I think I'm going to go with the Batman. I think it's just so everything about that movie works for me. Mm-hmm. Licorice Pizza it has really high highs, but it does have some things I take issue with. The Batman just has nothing like that. Huh. John Michael Higgins doesn't show up in the Batman? Yeah, that's probably a good thing for all concerned. I'm glad I'm glad we we don't have that debate anymore. That was that was not a fun part of last season. With licorice pizza, because no. nobody was nobody was making a good argument either way, and you really don't want to hear the argument for from mm. people. Like I don't want, I, like I want to hear the actor and the filmmaker on on the scene because you you understand what they were intending to do, and just you know, more of us than not thought it didn't quite pull it off, and probably would have been better served as like there's a quick cut in an already long movie, but the discourse was not good. Just like with the um the relationship as a whole, like. Nobody was making a calm, nuanced uh, argument. And I just am glad that we, we kind of don't have that with anything this year. There's things, but there isn't. Like, well, I think it comment. helps that like an Amsterdam or anything like that didn't get nominated and was mostly forgotten. Like there's like Elvis is maybe the most sort of controversial thing that was guaranteed to be on there. Sure. Um, yeah, well, PTA could definitely pull a George Lucas and just cut those scenes and say, here's a new version and have a, a, a wonderful film that everyone can enjoy. To, oh, well, there's still some issues. But, but I mean, yeah, I think I think how you yeah. feel about the central friendship yeah. relationship, however you want to call it, well, is, yeah. is still it depends how you there. view it. If you see. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. Which, which one are you going with? Man, that's a good one. Um I'm going to go to the Batman. I think I have to go Licorice Pizza then, just because I feel like it's too good a movie to have the sweep, as good as Batman is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm, it's, it's a coin flip for me. They're two so different that is types the, of films. That is what makes this Miles List especially so good, that we just... Yeah. There isn't a, a feeling of like, oh, it's kind of like six of one. They're so different that you feel like you kind of want to split a little bit. Number three... I don't know if this is maybe the closest we have, but it's also they're a million miles away. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio or Dune? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, 
Yeah, it's probably Pinocchio. Um, wow. Pinocchio is just such an emotional, like, it, like I don't know, like it stabs me in the heart, but at the same time, it's like an absolute joyful delight with every moment. Dune is like brilliant, um, and it's amazing, um, but it it can't by design. It's not a complete story, and mm-hmm. while it works on its own, it's not. It's hard to think of it as a complete thing yet. Sure. Um, so yeah, I have to go Pinocchio. Steve. Yeah, uh, Miles nailed a lot of it when you with your opening there, and uh, I just think there's so much in Pinocchio that disconnects you to parents, grandparents, Pinocchio. No, no, please, uh, no, just to, to your parents, grandparents, children, all that you know that that. That connective tissue and yeah, family. there's a reason the story has been told for a hundred years almost. Yeah, but this, but the thing is, this time it's it's so much more human, even though it's like you know it's claymation. Even it's though, not a, even though it's maybe the least human yet. Yeah, it's I. There's but so there's much, a level of nuance to it and a level of inventiveness that we haven't seen. There's from a the story there's a, a reason time. that the two Pinocchio stories that have worked besides the book, right? have been the hand-drawn Disney animated one, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think maybe, I don't even know if we appreciated it back then, but now we appreciate that there's a there's a human being who drew that picture, like with their hand, essentially, on a piece of paper. I'm very simple. I'm way oversimplifying it. But compared to like, you know, CG, like a, like a Pixar movie, which looks mm-hmm. beautiful, absurd, like Lightyear, maybe the best like computer-generated animated film visually of all time, right? But there's a remove from it. You yeah. just kind of accept that you're watching technology. And then Guillermo's uh, Pinocchio, which quite literally there are hands all over the object that you're you're looking at. Yeah. Every frame has been posed by a hand. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. It really is. Whereas like Zemeckis is one or the Roberto Benini one, two. I know he's, he's taken a couple cracks at it. The, two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the live action ones. No, thank you. They just kind of, one, they feel a little creepy. And yes. two, they get either campy or I don't know. They, they're off putting in a way that I, I don't feel fond of. That the thing is, said, it, it can be a very creepy story, and and the original or the Walt Disney Pinocchio is creepy, not in the sense that you were referring to, but it's scary as you know, it's, it, it gave me nightmares. But yeah, the live action, it just it's not a film that should be in live action, and any version that's been yeah. has just felt off and immediately a turn off instead of you like you, you can't get into it it's just so like nah <laughs> no thank you yeah I, I get it but I will go do it just to get off the... <laughs> after all that <laughs> I think mainly that said, mainly for the joke of I was the one for months was like I don't want to see Dune this movie's gonna not be great and like yeah it, it, it exceeded my expectations and yeah it's not complete but I don't know I like I, I I don't know with these top tens I really want the sweep also I just also thought it'd be a fun punchline of like yeah yeah um also do um mm-hmm. this one I think legitimately is the closest we're gonna get and they're still wildly different your twos RRR or the Suicide Squad a <laughs> <laughs> uh, lot of love for the Suicide Squad as I have talked about at length but uh, I will go RRR because it's just one of the greatest pieces of art that mankind has ever come up with and it's not even my favorite film of the year yeah steve yeah um miles likes both of these a lot more than i do but 
I'm much closer with him on RRR than Suicide Squad, so or the Suicide Squad. So RRR. Um, I gotta go Suicide Squad. I love it. It's it's so much fun. I know it. I know it didn't work for you. There's always that times where something didn't, but Miles gets it. There's, I'm gonna watch it again. Something. I will. I have, it, it's it, you're, it's gonna eventually be the movie you've seen more than any other. <laughs> like on your deathbed, like you're times. gonna be like, put on the Suicide Squad one more time. I want to see if I can get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels odd. It feels. I just feel like I, I'm missing out. I'm like, what's yeah, yeah, wrong? No, am, I, I, am I broken? I, no, I get it. There there have been times over the years where I'll be sitting and watching something, and and pretty early on, I'll be like, oh no, this is not for me. And I know everyone else loves it. And yeah, you have that like back and forth in your head where you have that one side of, well, it's me. It only matters what I like. I'm not going to like lie mm-hmm. about it. I like to make someone happy. But you also have that back and forth of like, but I'm, you know, by virtue of doing this for a long time, I'm reasonably learned when it comes to this. I understand what makes film good and bad, you know, like drive my car, for example, last year with that. If only we were going to speak about drive my car shortly. Um, that's a movie that pretty quickly I was like, oh, this is going to feel like nine hours to me. And I understand I'm watching something great, but in terms of the like being sucked in, like a lot of people were, I just wasn't. And you have that back and forth of like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, but I also know how I feel. That's what's one of the reasons why I didn't review it also, where I was like, I, I don't need to figure out 500 words worth of, I'm happy you like it. Because that's also like oddly disrespectful to something that I feel like deserves respect. Yeah, uh, I know that. Fact. That's yeah. I mean, you know, good is good, bad is bad, but things like that fall into a weird uh, crevasse, as it were. Um, yeah. Speaking of Miles's number ones, everything, everywhere, all at once, and drive my car. <laughs> Honestly, these two might be the closest. I almost thought that, but I think we're doing bit. a lot of work in 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 having Asian Asian stars. As opposed to I mean, you're not. I suppose you're not wrong. I guess it's well, hitting on I mean, that. there's some. There's, I mean, there's yeah, some, ex- there's some ex- existential issues going on that are similar. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The package um, is very different. But yeah, very much so. Uh, it's tenuous at best. Only one film um, has, has multiple sex toys. Yeah, it's true. Well, mm-hmm. but only one when has compared a sex to scene. pretty much any <laughs> categorization. That's true. Um, Drive My Car, I absolutely adore. It's one of those movies where you you got to be a very specific kind of person and in a very specific mindset to get everything it's giving you. And like, I don't necessarily think I fully got everything it's trying to give, yeah. but it's trying to give so much. And um, I, I just, I don't know. It was one of the things where it just worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, Everything Ever All at Once, which you know I made a thing about on here back at the time, has crept its way into like my favorite films of all time period like it's one that immediately just resonates with me in a way that like only comes along like at best once a decade it's you know what um, it is I, I i think the benefit of it being on tv every 20 minutes when i'm like you know I, i've said i like to have something on in the background while I'm, while I'm writing during the day and it seems to love to play at like two o'clock in the afternoon and I don't think anyone anticipated it being so watchable. I want to say revisitable, but that's not a word. You know, like, like on when the first time you saw it, I don't know that you felt like 20 minutes of the middle scene randomly would do it. I'm sorry, would do it for you. But I found that like almost any individual sequence, you're, you're like, yeah, I'm into that for a little bit. 
and that's that's sort of the secret weapon and that it's it's the most um accommodating version of a movie that should really keep you at arm's length because there's so much going on well thing is it's like a mosaic and there's like all these individual pieces are beautiful crystals but then together they form something much bigger and, and greater and i think exactly that's what i love about it it's like i didn't see i make i yeah, thought yeah. i knew what i was seeing and then i'm like wait a second i stepped it back and like, holy shit it makes you very excited for the daniels because plus, oh, yeah. swiss army man is a big swing and i love that it exists but did i have a good time with it mm, i don't know right um and with um one of the daniels made that movie the death of dick long where you're like, I don't even know if this is necessarily a good movie, but I love that this is the subject matter that you've chosen for this film. Um, and that's still who they are. They have just have found a like palette to paint on where you're like, oh, like you're talking about everything. Literally. Oh, yeah. And, and with that said, I picked Dune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done. Um, so, it, it, you know, because it is it is such a heady and emotional and ambitious movie. That also has butt plug shaped trophies that come into play yep. in people's butts. Like they like we've said I said it all year. I was like, I, I love that people are excited about it for Oscar and who knows if it'll happen. But I love that there is consideration going to people who are talented adult filmmakers who still kinda act like children in the right way. I love like they haven't lost their sense of play. They're still like mm-hmm. the weird guy who's like, Wouldn't it be fucking fucked yeah. up if this is what happened? But they found a way to do it. In a way that you don't focus on that. You just go like, I love that this scene is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with everything everywhere. Same. There we go. Um, before we get to the next question, I just want to quickly um, mention that uh, Steve had an excellent point. Like the Razzies suck. Um, they, they serve no point. They do. And uh, I, I, I was very pleased that they were rightly smacked um, this, this week for uh, picking on a child. Like, like they already punched down, but that was, that was not, uh, not qualified. Listen, I've seen that movie. That's a real low blow. Yeah. The movie's terrible. She's not particularly good in it also, but like, what, what is the purpose there? And like, listen, we know what they are there. You, Mike Miles had no issue with them going after blonde, but you know what they're doing. They're, they're picking on a movie that they know is like in the. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. They they want, they were like, Oh but the, this is the movie that like a segment of society didn't like, Oh, we're going to get you on our side by picking on that because we also really want to like make fun of the machine gun Kelly movie. None of you saw, um, they don't, actually right. it's a, it's a balance movies. of like familiar targets and like random obscure stuff like exactly. that princess Diana but, musical. Like, listen, Oof. if, uh, if people had actually watched the monsters, I'm sure they would have cited the monsters, but it was so just mm-hmm. ignored once they came out that even they were like, this isn't worth our time, you know, but, Listen, what's the point? There is no you point. Know? And there. Guess they, what? My movie didn't know. turn out well. And now you're yeah, going to yeah, shit not, on me. I'm like, enough. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know me. Like, you know me. I, I don't I don't particularly cotton to that in general. No, I don't do bottom either. 10 yeah. lists anymore. It's we, we cover it because it's the things people are curious about. And, and I want the numbers. I'm sorry. I'm a businessman now, I guess. But they 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 are rightly useless. Um, mm-hmm. Listen. They they gave Stanley Kubrick worst director for uh, for The Shining. They I believe there's been a, a couple of instances where they've given their worst actor or actress trophy to someone who then won the Oscar. So, yeah, yeah, you know they. It's funny that they don't even have the courage of their convictions because they didn't include Honor the Armist, and you know they were aching to do it. 
but they'll also they'll also like do those weird like also let me ask you a question how is blonde a remake or a sequel or a ripoff yeah i guess because it's adapting a real person but that's a stretch it's a stretch, but they wanted well, to give a, it another a, nomination. A remake of a book? Oh, isn't it an adaptation of a book? Yeah. No. Yeah, but it's not a remake or a sequel. Uh, yeah. And it's not a ripoff. It's a very authorized uh, adaptation. I guess because they didn't do a separate just adaptation category. Sure. Um, it's been a, it's been nice to see them smacked a couple times in a row because they had that issue last year with Bruce Willis right around the same time. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah they were that. like, oh, the worst Bruce Willis category. Like, yeah, you probably want to take that down now that he's a like very sick man. Because um, again, like nobody's arguing he was good in any of those movies, but he was uh, charitably diminished. I think is the word we can use. And even then, if, a man's got to pay his bills, and or I mean, or he just wants or he just wants to go out there and act because he has the opportunity to, and he doesn't have great op- you yeah. know great uh, I mean, options. They would, so they would also leave him alone. Been, it's also not like it was a complete shock to the industry. Because I don't know if you guys had heard. Like, didn't you hear, like, the rumors over the years that, like, he was doing all these shitty movies to pay it to, like, for money? And there was something maybe yeah, going on? Yeah, And no one really knew. Like, is he secretly in debt? Or, like, does... I remember a lot of people thought maybe he has, like, cancer or something. He's just trying to leave a bunch of money for his family. And no one ever said anything. It turns out, I guess, there was something to that. But... Yeah. But yeah, it's making me sad. So exactly, so. the the Razzies do that, and they shouldn't. No, so jerks. They're they're not they're not useful for that. I used to like um, them tw- twenty yeah, years yeah. ago when once I was a upon kid. A time, like, yay! And well, I'm like, once upon a time, go I wouldn't away. say they had a purpose necessarily, but they they weren't necessarily trying to do it the way they're doing it now. And what they're doing now works for no one. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I want to come back to the questions. The two other questions we have, because they directly talk about predictions. I mean, well, um, I'm sorry, the uh, the categories. So let's let's get into it. Let's do Oscar categories, baby. Um, you guys remember how you did, right? Yes. I've got my shit pulled up. Okay, excellent. We're, we're all prepared today? I, I have my list pulled up. It's like it's like we're on a podcast that people listen to or something. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen, I, I, I can see the numbers. We're doing, we're doing all right. Um, so thank you all for, for some reason, continuing to read and listen to us. Um, you have many options, several of them better, and we're glad that you settled. Um, but Steve is choking. He's like, I have to send advertisers to stop doing that. Oh, it would have been so much funnier if it was you. He'd be like, I have to cut this out before I send this to advertisers. Um, was it off air last week when we were joking about getting podcast advertisers and we're going to have to hawk like, uh, Casper mattresses? Yeah, 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 and HelloFresh. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I think we could, we could do much better, but yeah. yeah. But guys, uh, readers, if uh, if we try to sell you a mattress Sorry, in the next Gasper. year or so, it's a good sign. Like, and then buy our mattresses. Um, so I also was smart enough not to update my predictions. You know, I usually go in and immediately turn it into the ten best picture nominees and rank them. And I was like, I should probably keep that as is because I don't archive my predictions, mainly so nobody knows what I predicted, so I can always be right. So let's uh. Let's go top-ish to bottom. I mean, bottom to top. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's just say the shorts because we don't care. We didn't. I didn't predict the shorts this year. I did not either. I did it, not either. It's just a way to. But end that it. said, can we just talk about how there was a movie what? this year called My Year of Dicks that nobody knew about? <laughs> we talk about best. <laughs> that was a great during film. the announcement. I and the fucking I, ostrich yep, movie, yep, which has such that. a long title. So there's two of them, and I had seen that. And I kind of was like, 
if I do short predictions, I'm going to predict it because I want to hear it announced. And lo and behold, animated short film, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. Um, that's a movie that uh, if you look up on the internet, you go to jail. You see, because it's porn. Um, the Flying Sailor. Ice Merchants. My Year of Dicks. Also porn. Yeah. In My Year of Dicks, you can Google, but be very careful. And then an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Kudos. Fascinating. Um, couldn't tell you what's going to win, but love that they exist. I would love if they if there was like an easy option. Go to Netflix and, and click on the tab that shows you all forty, you know, whatever number that are on Dicks. the list. No, no. <laughs> well, I, mean, no, I already they have that thing where you can watch the uh, all the nominated shorts at the theater. Yeah, but that's come on, and 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 obviously we can get them sent to us. But yeah, there isn't an easy way for the public to get invested in this, which goes back to when we talk here. I'll skip a documentary short and come back to it in a second. Live action short film. They should never vote for something they don't want. But like, how good would it have been for them as a business proposition to have nominated the Taylor Swift short? Right? Suddenly, people give a shit about live action short. It's not going to make or break them, but wouldn't have been a bad idea. Instead. And I can't tell you the quality because I have not seen enough of these. Um, An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu, Les Pupilles, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase were nominated. I had seen all too well, though, and it was good. Uh, documentary short was The Elephant Whisperer's Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, Stranger at the Gate, and I did not, I accidentally didn't put the fifth one. Does anyone have it offhand? I do not. I should probably, for um, completion's sake, put that up. Oh, just when we were so pleased with ourselves for being prepared. <laughs> I was in a hurry. It was very, very early. Um, the nominee that I missed was... Hang on. The Academy's website. It takes you to last year's winner still. Come on, guys. You guys can't help me out here? All right. The other winner that I missed was the Martha Mitchell effect. I apologize to Martha Mitchell. That was nominated? Yeah. Oh, that, I actually want to watch that. That's on my Seems list. like I got one. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go documentary feature next. Yep. All right. All right. Documentary feature. The nominees were All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. I put the emphasis on that other one because that was the the inevitable, like, no one has that one in their predictions pick. Yeah. So I got um, four. I got two. Mm. Did not do well on this one. Steve, you I got three, believe, I think, right? I have three, yeah. I, I would have had Bad Axe and uh, Moonage uh, yeah. Moon would have been in there. I had a Descendant. So um, wide open category. Not I think until we start to see more of the... the the non-critic groups chime in. It's hard to say. But I think all that breathes fire love and all the beauty are probably the main competitors. But the yeah. Vani, the Vani also has timeliness in that it was something on people's minds. I don't know. All right. Can we pause for a second? Yes. For a quick restroom break? All right. I'll be yes. right back. All right. This is where Steve's going to get, uh, going to cut out the sound of us talking. Yep. So whatever we talk about, it's, you're not going to hear it. Yep. So uh, Miles, tell me about your year of dicks. Well, you know, it was a long year, but a fruitful year. Mm. Um, a nutty you know, year, the, you might uh, say. Yeah, yeah, you know, the nuts take a while to harvest. That's and um, 
Mm. I think I think the rewrite was good. Long and nutty is better than uh, long and fruitful. Yeah, yeah. We're workshopping it. It grows into a firm tree. I don't know. <laughs> a firm tree. We 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 lost the metaphor. It was going well. Like, <laughs> this is this is like somewhere at UCB. A very like artsy fartsy comedian is trying to workshop my year of dicks. There you go. Well, and then they'll pass that along to Jimmy Kimmel, who would do a worse version of it. Yeah, but you'll also kind of be happy that it made it to TV, as opposed to getting cut. True. I'm, right. I'm never <clears throat> not tickled that the host of The Man Show got to be a late-night host. Oh, cat. It's something. Yeah. All right. Um, do we need to count back in, or you, you know where we're at? Yeah, let's count back in. Okay. Three, two, two, two. one. Best International Feature. The nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front. Get ready to hear that name a lot. Argentina 1985. Close. EO. And The Quiet One. So Bardo missed. Because I got four well, out of five. Well, Bardo's not the only one to miss. I, know. Uh, I, I, I got four out of five because I did not predict Bardo, but I predicted Decision to Leave like many of us. Yeah, um, this for me is the most egregious snub of the morning. Uh, I agree. Because what the fuck? Uh, decision to leave should have been like a major player just across the board. And the fact that it couldn't even get international uh, is a little. And especially when fucking EO gets yeah, in. That, Are you that kidding me? The miserable instead. donkey movie. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? I'm just, uh, not, so I just think about. Not thrilled about that. Like um, spoilers if you didn't pay attention to the nominations. Bardo is going to show up later. But they didn't think it was good enough to be in the game. You know, it's, it goes back to the, it's not group think in any notable way. But uh, yeah. so four out of five. I think we all went four out of oh, five. Uh, yeah, I I three out of three uh, out of five. I had EO in there. Well, yeah, I didn't have EO anywhere on there. And then yeah. the quiet one was or the yeah. quiet girl. Yeah, uh, was not on my radar. But how does it happen? Like decision to leave. Do they just like everyone think, oh, it's going to be in there. So I'll vote for something else. I think lower down, um, or I think honestly. People got so into All Quiet on the Western Front that a lot of these other films just kind of lumped together, and that's how you can sometimes get a miss by not, well, and by I not did having hear, segments. I read somewhere that uh, according to some uh, Academy screenings of it, apparently, in general, they weren't as into it as the critics were. I mean, they, they have not historically been into Park Chan-wook, but... Yeah, but uh, I they don't like know. The, I mean, they, they like this, but this surely this is the most Oscar friendly he's done, give or take The Handmaiden. Sure, but at the same time, how many Oscars does Hitchcock have? True story. Not, not that these are mm-hmm. the same voters. I mean, some of them are. Those old <laughs> bats. Um, yeah, four out of five. Uh, this is all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, has for, to be for reasons we'll understand shortly. Uh, original song. Oh, did they? Did Oscar do Oscar here? Which, I mean, we should just assume is the norm, but still. Um, the first nominee was, they started right off the bat by going, applause from Tell It Like a Woman. Even when Diane Warren is winning an Oscar, she also gets to lose an Oscar. I fucking Diane Warren. Like, from now on, if she, like, does a song, I don't care how obscure the movie is. I'm just assuming that she's getting in. This well, is ridiculous. So what you're saying is Academy Award nominated 80 for Brady next year? Fucking maybe. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Lift Me Up from Black Panther. 
Natu Natu from RRR. And This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. That one. Yeah, uh, that one I did not have, but I'm very glad to see it there. Yeah, I went three out of five because I had, I assumed Chow Papa was getting in, like Same. many people. And then for that fifth slot, um, I, I blame Steven over here because I put <laughs> Good Afternoon in. Man, my four mm. and five were knocked out as well. And, you know, it's unpredictable with song. But, you know, we've seen a lot of stuff slip in there oh, yeah. and a lot of stuff get squeezed out. So, you know, I can't, uh, I, there's no accounting for, for this. Yeah. That's I, um, well, RR is going to win, I think. Yeah, I think so too. It bloody better. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get, that. we're going to get, now that it's nominated, we're going to get that live performance, which is all I've ever wanted from the ceremony. There you go. Original score. All Quiet in the Western Front. Something about when a film does really well and it's got an early letter in its title where you're just like, oh no, every category yep. starts with All Quiet in the Western mm-hmm. Front. Yep. It's funny because if you're not like really keyed into the race, you probably spend a lot of this going, wait, they made another All Quiet on the Western Front? And it's um, been on Netflix since like November? <laughs> yeah. Babylon, Banshee's Vinisher, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. I got two this is my worst category yeah. because same here. yeah Nokia i only missed. got two as well nokia missed women talking missed mm-hmm. which later on you're just like that's even more puzzling and that fifth slot seemed wide open i had had she said over avatar i had all quiet seven i had black panther um i i didn't even have everything everywhere in the top 10 anymore no, I didn't either. Although I wanted to pat myself on the back because I'm I support Carter Burwell every year. He's in contention, and it finally paid off this year. <laughs> uh, he did do an interview with us this year, so maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's it. Is. it. They yeah. they mentioned that during the post game show. I hope so. Um, but yeah, I only called uh, Babylon and Banshees. Sure, visual effects. Now this one seemed a mite easier, right? Um, you would hope at least. Nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun Maverick. I missed, um, I got four out of five. I had uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, you influenced me on this. And I have not seen All Quiet yet. Still, that's my uh, mm-hmm. post-nominee film to watch. And Same. So, although I had no- nothing to base it on. so Because Doctor Strange, to me, felt out of place. Just because they only do so many films, you already have. Well, look at the, look at the list. You have the Batman. I feel Top like Gun. Black Panther. They don't think of as a Marvel film as part of the reason yeah. why I was more open to that throughout the season. But I mean, also, they, just, is, they usually so have something in there that's not like a superhero comic book type film. So, sure. To, you know, you mean thirteen lives? All... Yeah, there you go. Also, it was like one of the only categories they could have gone for. Nope, and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shame. Um, so yeah, four out of five there. You guys went three uh, out of five or four out of five. I'm three out of five. Um, I had Doctor Strange and I also had uh, Jurassic World, but the Batman was my six, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not putting it back yeah. in. Did you fall victim to that uh, that last minute rumor that Jurassic World apparently played really well in the in the presentation? I did, and also it's one of those things where it's like, even if I don't think the special effects are great, it's the kind of movie that gets nominated. And I True. agree with you. I didn't. I didn't think it would be that many superhero movies. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, keep this into account. The T Rex from Jurassic Park is a voter. You know, she's been around <laughs> long enough, so you don't know how many friends she's got. 
She voted for Hitchcock. Yeah. The movie Hitchcock or Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred. Mm. Oh, yeah. I guess, I guess she was a veteran actor when they first cast her, and she'd been waiting mm-hmm. for Jurassic Park a long time. Yeah. Uh, Finally paid off, though. Eh, gotta keep that sad card, right? Sound. Nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick. I went four out of five because I didn't... Wait, hang on. Did I go five out of five? No, I didn't have The Batman. Uh, This is one of the only categories I did go five out of five. What did I not... What did I have instead? Um... Oh, Black Panther. I had Black Panther instead. It's a four out of five. Yeah, I missed with Elvis. Oh, the music kind of stuff I always keep in. Makeup and hairstyle. I uh, did I, I think this was the one. one of, I won five out of five in this one. You know, notable uh, makeup expert me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Elvis, and The Whale. I got a four out of five. I had blonde instead of Black Panther. Mm. Same here. Well, blonde instead of uh, all quiet. I really wish I watched that film beforehand. I think the mud and the muck and the blood really goes a long way. Because didn't that happen with um, 1917 also? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember I that. think if I had updated my predictions after the BAFTA nominations came out, I would have had all quiet a lot higher in a lot more categories. That's really the only quickly thing I want to mention about BAFTA because I, I think they, with the way they, they have their kind of like little mini juries, they're not really an Academy predictor in that same way for nominations anymore. It's closer to like how the Gothams kind of cite people. So like snubs are not necessarily snubs. It's they're spreading out love or you got the right group well think about it there are plenty of movies that most of the world likes or like would be nominated most places but if you put the three of us in a room to make nominations like suddenly someone's not nominated so that that does happen with those kind of things um so keep that in mind uh same with like wga announcing today like boy is that the worst day to announce their nominees yeah the day Mm -hmm. after i mean the winners can still impact and they they, you know, the ones that we knew weren't going to be eligible were the ones that missed. They weren't really snubs, I would say. So, you know, look for those on the site. We don't have to talk about them too much. Uh, film editing. This was interesting. This one's very interesting, I think. The Banshees of Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, The Fablemans misses. Um, I got three right because of the other one that missed what was the other one that missed all oh, quiet in the western front the movie yeah. getting everything everywhere all at once quite literally missed in editing for a war film like one of the things you always notice in edit in, in a war film mm-hmm. the editing the simulate yep. the, the bullets and then the, very strange very very strange also tar getting nominated was a little surprising and well i actually had tar here. um I got four out of five here. I had Babylon in. Uh, um, you, you picked the wrong, even, long movie. You, what, what was the one that... Uh, Everything Everywhere, Top Gun, Elvis, Tar, and... Banshees. Banshees, that's right. Yeah, so Banshees is the really interesting one here because to me, that almost feels like an announcement that it is a very serious best picture contender. Yeah, we get to we get to play this game later of do you how much stock do you put into Banshees getting in here? 
or being pretend or, or getting in above other things right as compared to because it's not the kind of movie you would normally think of as an editing movie so it being here says something yeah i had i had banshees and fablemans i mean i had um i'm sorry i had fablemans and all quiet missing i'm in instead of tar and banshees i, have I didn't have banshees here. in the top 10 so but at the same time how much do you take away from the fablemans by not being here when we've seen it not matter occasionally now yeah totally it's one of those things mm-hmm. um costume design Costume design I did okay with. Um, I missed one. Nominees were Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Motherfucking Paris. Yeah. I just want to tell you something. I had Mrs. Harris. Oh, no. (laughs) I missed because I didn't have Everything Everywhere because I took a hunch that Sandy Powell gets nominated for everything and I had living. Oh, so I got the hard one. Ugh, that one hurt. So four out of five for me there. Uh, three out of five. I had Glass Onion and Fableman's getting in. Yeah, I missed on Living. I, I had Living. And mm. I yeah, you, you what edited my like. interviews, so you're just like, oh, that sounds like it. I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, a, I'm on board. Cinematography. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's like, oh, maybe it'll be the ASC 5, you know, especially the ASC was a little weird. Like, maybe not, we could just pick ones that are completely independent of that. The nominees are all listen, quiet in Western listen, Front. Listen, real quick before we get into cinematography, because this one was my most bizarre stat out of my predictions. Uh-oh. So we talked last week about how I was just doing eight, like, you yes. know, my predicted five and then the, you know, three on the back burner. Um, for cinematography... My top four all missed, but my bottom four all got nominated. Wonderful. Love it. <laughs> it's, right. it's bizarre. All Quiet in the Western Front. Considering how well it's doing, not as big a surprise as it seemed at the moment. Because mm-hmm. uh, nobody really thought of it as a cinematography movie. Bardo, yeah, I didn't have it on there. I, I should have fucking kept Bardo the whole time. I I, how how uh, long did I spend telling you guys Bardo was a cinematography thing? I know. Yeah. I know. And then I didn't stick with it. And they also didn't nominate it for international. The almost proof. Well, I know. As soon as it was gone there, I was like, okay, well, cinematography is probably not happening. But yeah. clearly. Mm. Elvis. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. Can't really yeah. get that. Um, no real dandruff. Also, Mandy Walker. So, like, does Mandy Walker win? When we were, you know, we got really into the idea of, like, when is a woman going to win cinematography? Oh, true. We got an opportunity. Um, Empire of Light. Deacons. Deacons, baby. Mm, Listen, that is just Deacons, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good Deacons nomination for him, but it's not like winner quality work. But also, I don't know what's winning this category because the other nominee is Tar. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Good work, but also like, which. And here's the thing that blows my mind: Tar was the only one that I had in my five. Yeah. And Tar, <laughs> I was wondering for all which, the money, which one it was. Tar feels like a number four. So I had I had Empire of Light, I had Tar, I had Elvis. I went three out of five. I'm kind of proud about that. Um, Tar feels like a number four, right? No chance of winning, but it's a show of force for the film. Like that's how that would normally go. No Top Gun, the presumed front runner. What's well, probably may still win ASC. Uh, no Fablemans, yep. you know, Janusz Kaminski, no name. Um, no Avatar, which won the category last time. Um, no Babylon, which won the category for La La Land. No Black Panther. No Banshees, but they love the Banshees everywhere else. Oh, boy. 
I fascinating. I guess Elvis is winning this. We're all quiet, maybe. Maybe I guess all, all quiet. Win some, all, all quiet's got to win some other places, I guess. Wow, that was that was the one where I was like, oh, they they're on one here. Um, production design, all quiet in the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, The Fablemans. I got four out of five because I had Black Panther as opposed to All Quiet. I had three out of five. I had Black Panther and Glass Onion. I missed Avatar and All Quiet. Yeah, I think if uh, if life had gone differently for me and I did my last minute like tinkers, I probably would have had a couple more of these because I think I might have put All Quiet almost everywhere. Same. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a killer for me. I, I just like, ugh. I could have had a really good day if I just had seen the film and knew what to compare it to. But um, yeah. I will stop saying that again, and I will say I missed everything everywhere all at once and Black Panther, which seemed like pretty good choices. Yeah. But Excuses, excuses, because you lost. Uh, yes. Spoiler alert, I did the best of the three of us, but yes. not, by, not by much, because I got, uh, all in all, I believe, 81 out of 105. I had yep. 72. I had 80. Uh, Steve, Steve uh, yeah, because Steve didn't include his documentary picks initially, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you don't what? include my documentary picks, they're, I, yeah, you, I you, actually you, did you, better. Yeah. Well, your percentage-wise was better. Um, percentage animated wise, feature. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, a film we were convinced they really liked, but I guess maybe don't, <laughs> but also is probably still going to win uh, the category. The lack of song is... Scary. Yeah, songs, song and screenplay really surprised me. Yeah. yeah. Song score. Score might have been their safest. Score, bet. yeah. Because yeah. it's the spa. Yeah, uh, but he's missed a few times now. Yeah, now he has. Uh, uh, Marcel Lachelle with shoes on. Puss in boots. The sea beast. And turning oh red. Gosh. They really they really went random with it. And also the way that when they went alphabetical, you were like, Oh, it's gonna be Wendell Wild, right? Yeah. Or or like you're trying to, what else has a W? <laughs> no, see, no. Uh, what, what's that other film that was not uh, in the conversation? Uh, the, the like, one oh, the God, course. is it going to be Strange World? An- anime <laughs> film, yeah. I think, I believe. Yeah, in, Inuo, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but once yeah. they got past, Mar- got the Marcel, you knew it wasn't. Oh, it was an I? Okay, I thought it was yeah. you. Okay. No, so it's an I. All right, now we're into the big eight. So I got four oh, out of five. Oh, on animated. Well, I, I had four uh, out of five. Yeah, I thought they five. might go Apollo. I. Did not have the CBs yeah. because, as far as I know, nobody did. I, have, I went uh, Apollo too, and just went, went hard overhead. But oh well, hard overhead. You turned down head. I went with heart. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Always go with head. All right. Uh, adapted screenplay: All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun Maverick, Woman Talking. I believe I went five out of five here. I'm gonna double check. Uh, three out of five. No, I went four out of five. I didn't have Top Gun. I had She Said. Mm. Mm. I had The Whale and Pinocchio in there. I had The Whale missed. at six. I had Top Gun seven. I had Pinocchio eight. I had Pinocchio at five. Right. Original screenplay. Banshees, Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. I did go five out of five here. Same here. I got really close. I got four out of five, but Triangle of Sadness was my number six. What did you have in? After Sun. Mm. Well. Which, you know, 
you feel like it's going to show up somewhere. But you were kind of banking on a second nomination. Yeah, yeah, which we'll get to in a moment, whether it happened or not. Most of you probably know because you're listening to this, but who knows? Some people may be going, I'll wait for them to talk about it on Thursday. And to that, I say you're strange. <laughs> Supporting actress. But bless you. Yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate it. We don't understand it. We appreciate it. Angela Bassett, Black Panther. Hong Chow, the whale. I felt very good about that one. Carrie Condon, Banshees. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere. And Stephanie Sue, Everything Everywhere. I, I love got, it. I got five out of five. I got four Same out of here. five. Four out of five, even though I kind of got five out of five because I opted to do something stupid. I have to put Michelle Williams in supporting and lead, knowing that she was going to miss one place. But I started fucking all of you started to talk me into the supporting thing, even though I knew I was right. I mean, I knew I was right. You can't predict that stuff. It doesn't happen that often. Just because it happened like two years ago doesn't mean it happens. Um but I saw like – Yeah, like, I didn't predict it at the end. <laughs> so I, I like to once I finish up, check out what a, what a couple other people are doing. So I, I sometimes just grab like two other pundits and uh, just to see. So I, I decided I'll do, I'll do Scott and Clayton, right? I'll do, I'll do Variety Hollywood Reporter just as like, you know, the Coke and Pepsi of predictions. Yeah. Which, does that make us like what's – the, what's the insane clown posse drink? Fago? Yeah, whatever the uh, – there's like one gas station in the whole country that sells this specific kind of soda. We're, we're, like, we're the RC Cola. I would love to be RC Cola. They still make – Yeah, no, money. we would dream of being RC Cola. I, I thought I was being – I thought I was being a right, about right with Fago or like uh, – Nah, we're like we're like Volt. We're, we're Shasta. <laughs> oh, can we be Surge? Surge, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we, Surge. We, we lower your sperm count, but we're delicious. Mm. Mm. I love Surge. Lower. Uh, yeah, Steve's like I drink spur. I drink surge instead of using a condom. <laughs> you nearly just said something really. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was actually thinking of? It's a Futurama thing. I was thinking of Slurm. Yeah, which is definitely a surge like play, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. it was around the same time. So I had Stephanie Sue is what I was getting at, but I was like, oh, I'll just uh, you know what I don't want to be wrong when everyone else is wrong because I I started to fall away from Dolly De Leon. Those were sort of the other two that I was there with. and I, Which, I, in in hindsight, her not getting in is actually kind of fascinating. Oh, as we keep going, it's going to get wild with that. Yeah, um, yeah I kind of narrowed it down there. So four out of five. Um, congrats. Um, by the way, we're getting into the point where we should talk about first-time nominees. Because a lot of the, the below-the-line stuff, it doesn't have the same cachet. Um, obviously, Carrie Condon and Hong Chow, but they're not newcomers, but the first or second brush with the award season. Um, Stephanie Sue, obviously, really her first brush with many people even knowing who she is. But Jamie Lee Curtis, a veteran, finally a, nom- a nominee. Well, and Angela Bassett, only her second nomination. Exactly. Which is and, wild. Yeah. So, and, and going to be her win. So, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, supporting actor, Brendan Gleeson, Banshees, his first nomination. Not super shocking, but also it's one of those guys where you're like, how is he not in more shit that people like got awards on? Well, exactly. Like it's, you know, it had to come sooner or later, but it's it's good that it's here. Exactly. And then you're also wait. You went, oh shit, Paul Dano missed when that first nom. Yeah. You're like, oh, and and at that point you're like, this doesn't seem good for the Fablemans. It's missed a couple places. Yeah. Um, and then the next nominee is Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. Yeah, I was very happy there. 
I'm very happy. I, I, I haven't seen the movie. film yet, but I love him and everything, so I'm happy he's a nominee. Also, it's very easy for you to watch it now. It's on Apple, so it'll it give you a reason yeah. to catch up to it. Um, it's I don't think you're gonna love it, but I think it's a movie you can get behind. You know, two characters sure. talking. Um, and then they go Judd Hirsch, who sets the record for the longest time me. between two nominations. Um, yeah. Congrats, Brian Tyree Henry, on your first nomination. Um, congrats, Judd, on your second. Barry Keegan Just gets so his know, first. I have spoken to three of these people in person. Oh, yeah. uh, Hirsch. Um, who's the other one? Quan. Brian Tyree um, Henry. Oh, Henry and uh, Quan. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Keegan Very gets cool. his first nomination. Kiwi so, Quan gets his first nomination. So They rubbed my belly. Like, nice. It worked out. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's winning. We know he's winning. Um, yeah. Like, very heartening to see that. I went four out of five. No, I went... I yeah, Hang on. I got to consult. I had Dano. And I had Eddie Redmayne. I went three out of five. I, I should have just kept Hirsch because I like it. But I, I get this thing where I'd rather be right than happy. And then I'm wrong and unhappy. <laughs> yeah, I go back and forth on that. I got three out of five because I had Dano and Wishaw. Yeah. Um, turns out instead of just having a man be the only nominee uh, acting-wise for women talking, they just have no nominees. Yeah, even even, um, even more mind-boggling in a moment when you're like, wait. I, <laughs> I think Dano is a bit of a snub. He's my favorite performance in that film. And Hirsch is terrific, but he's only in it for the one scene. Yeah, I, I mean, I want uh, when, when we wrap. I'm gonna let you guys pick a pick a snub, and also like um, if you could change a uh, a nominee or add a nominee, so you can get like a, a two picks essentially. Right. But yeah, I'll Dano, dig a little deeper. Dano really, he deserved it. It was a shame. Um, yeah, especially since he's doing something so easy to miss, and you hope. And he won't. had a good year with the Batman. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating that they clearly missed yeah. what he was doing. Because that movie, just like Michelle Williams, the movie doesn't work without her, even if you're like, I think she maybe could have been better. Well, the performance she's giving is very specific to the movie he's making. And and Dano is doing the same thing. And yeah, ugh, it bummed me out. Actress, Kate Blanchett, Ana de Armas. And you go, okay. And you're like, so I guess no Viola Davis. Okay, so that thing didn't happen. Um, Andrea Riseborough. God damn it. That was my biggest laugh of the morning was yeah. just seeing that that actually paid off. That's incredible. But then you also realize, oh, that meant Daniel Deadweiler missed. Yeah. And then they yeah. go Michelle Williams. And you're like, okay, so that happened. And then you have that last minute of like, if it's not Michelle Yeoh, who is it going to be? Now that they, they went wild here and they go Michelle Yeoh. They don't, they don't fuck with that. Can you imagine yeah. though? Oh. That would, ooh, that would have people who have been right. The Amy Adams of it all. I don't like how people say, well, uh, Riseboro gets in and that's at the expense of Deadweiler. It's, you know, it was a, it was a unique play. It came late. It doesn't mean her performance is not a two, three, four or five. Um, I didn't love. Um, so listen, I wasn't a huge fan of Till. I thought it was fine and I thought she was very good. But Miles, you have no interest in Till, right? Yeah, I'm probably not going to. Are it's you a notable I... hate monger and racist? <sighs> not notably no no exactly um i think there is a slight undercurrent of some of these like tragedy porn biopics being things that a couple that enough people are like i'm just i, I don't want to want i don't want to do this again and that can, it also doesn't help that it wasn't really a presence in any other categories yeah, yeah, yeah. she she had done so consistently well that it seemed like you could kind of just focus on her there and be fine and well 
it was a smaller campaign. United Artists and MGM are not like throwing a ton of money around. It was a classy campaign, and we've seen classy campaigns work, and we've seen them not work. Look at um, Inside Lewin Davis, right? I remember that being maybe yeah. the classiest campaign I've ever seen. Loved everything they did. They did that giant um, cut out. They took a they took an ad out in the New York Times, like a big giant like fold out, thanking every critic who put it on their top ten. Like that's a that doesn't get you a single vote. But it makes your campaign classy, right? And makes you seem like a like a movie that people read the New York Times might be like, I gotta watch this movie. Everyone loves it. Um, things like that are huge on the margins. But you know, there's also just the like spending money, like the not even the wine scene of it all back in the day, but the way like Netflix can blanket you, but also do the classy things. Right? Netflix doesn't do anything particularly tacky, right? They just do everything. They do the classy and they do the billboards. They, they do enough that there's always something going. And then Andrea Riseborough just had enough friends in SAG, which, cool. So I, I don't love the – so the director of Tillett said essentially, you know, it was it was at the, it was because of, like, misogyny in Hollywood, especially against African-American actresses. And, like, obviously they do not play on the same field, unfortunately. We don't live in an equal society and we don't live in an equal acting society. But I, I think as much as anything else, it was just – there are people who don't want to want, regardless of what you look like, don't want to watch Emmett Till get lynched. And and you're not going to vote for a performance you didn't see. Well, let me say, this is you know a, probably a very unique uh, take on this, but early last year, there was a Women of the Movement on ABC, which was a mm-hmm. miniseries. Um, and in the same role was Adrian Warren, and she was excellent, and it was, I mean, it was heartbreaking when I saw. Oh yeah, nobody has said that Till was better than that. That's the thing. It's like I. So when I watched it within the same year, it was like the year that the uh, the Capotes were against each other, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're like, well, this is the this is the winner, and I'm like, I thought, you know, my my you thought infamous preference went went with the television. Yes, <laughs> I chose okay. Capote instead, but so it's like. You know, I, and I'm not sure what percentage of, of voters were well, like that, but you know, I, that's the thing is like, it, though it is preference, and people have to stop saying, "Well, it's because of this," and stop making it. It's also an artificial argument because you don't know where she was. Andrea Riseborough could have gotten the most votes of anyone. She yeah, didn't necessarily exactly. Take that spot, well, and if you wanted to say like yeah. the next most likely was Anna de Armas, I'm sorry that you don't pay attention. Anna, Anna de Armas is not a white actress either. Like, yeah, it just, which is that other thing that I don't like where. You you get so specific into this particular person is being oppressed that you don't celebrate this other particular person. I understand, yeah, like, yeah. you know, if it was Kate Blanchett or Danielle Deadweiler, aside from preferring the performance, it's hard to make the case that you should be nominating Kate Blanchett over it. You know, there there's so much else going on there. But Ana de Armas, in a film that admittedly doesn't play to everyone, like is another is a minority actress, is a first time nominee, is a young up and comer, like fits a lot of that same profile. And Andrea Riseborough isn't. You got to remember, she's more of a veteran, has worked with almost everyone at this point, and and that plays on the margins. And people over just oversimplified, and it comes down to like, stop trying to pretend that you have some kind of microscope that sees yeah. beyond what everyone else can see. I mean, the one you thing- don't, you're making up stories, you're making up narratives that are bullshit most of the time. Yeah, and celebrate the winners. And it's um, you know, of course, I'm I'm sad for everyone who didn't get nominated, but. At the same time, there's some great nominees in there. So I will concede on, one people. point to the angry, because this is the one thing where you saw a lot of dust kind of come up that I hinted at earlier. I will concede that there is one point that people have. And normally, the, the you know, when people make the like sour grapes point, I tend to be annoyed. But mm-hmm. they are right. This grassroots like 
rich people telling other rich people to vote for Andrew Riseborough worked, right? And most of the time we hear, we see it not work. You know, it, it kind of saved Penelope Cruz last year kind of thing. Black actresses don't usually get that done for them. So I understand that frustration of like, well, where where's the people who love Till throwing a party and telling their friends to vote and saying it publicly? So it's not just I told you to vote, but I made sure like the Internet knows that I told you to vote for it. I understand that. And that goes back to it not being a level playing field. But well, and also this year in particular, because you've got Deadweiler, but you've also got Viola Davis to a certain degree. Exactly. Who does not so have two examples you can prop up instead of just one. And obviously Deadweiler was felt like more of a sure thing. But even so, it's it's ammunition for people who want to use that tact, whether it's exactly. accurate or not. But if you look at this podcast alone, where we rank, Joe and I have ranked the Woman King much lower than you did. Not, you know terribly low exactly well, not but you had a movie. top 10 so you know i'm like for me when the talk was viola is going to get a nomination for this i'm like really like she was good but you know yeah, yeah, Academy I saw, award I saw good no I, no I, I don't disagree with that my point is she was enough in the conversation that yeah. she can be used by bad faith actors totally. as like a prop for whatever argument they're trying yeah, to yeah. Make. Which is, i'm just saying it's we it's, wish it wasn't just, the case yeah Okay. So all that, all that to say, I went uh, four for five. Same here. <laughs> I, I had Graysboro uh, seven. I had five. I went three because I had both Dead Weiler and Di- Davis. Ironically, I you know what this goes but back I, you to. Did have Riseboro in my eight? God yeah. damn it! <laughs> I will say that um, had I gone on Monday night or Sunday night and and updated to that last minute thing, I might have if I if I committed to Williams in one spot. If I I I, I can't say I would have done it. If I had um, kept her in lead, but if I had fully committed to supporting, I probably would have put Andrew Risebro instead of Viola Davis. I would have been like, "Fuck it, let's see if this happens." Um, as a as a, not a social experiment, but as a let's see if this is a way that works with a younger Academy. And you know what? I guess maybe it does. I removed Williams on on all mine, and yeah. I kept Deadweiler because I, see, I could, there's so I much passion for her performance. Like, she's not so. get snubbed, but yeah, I never would have assumed Deadweiler would get in, would miss. I didn't think she, I didn't think she had any chance of winning, but I thought she was a very safe number three. Agreed. Yeah. Um, if Same unless you know, maybe a four. If there's a world in which you start to see um, Michelle Williams surge back up, or if the late breaking like. And an enormous buzz turns into like, well, does she have a chance of like sneaking up the middle? You never saw her going this way. Um, actor. I went four out of five. Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser. Um, Brendan Fraser. Those were the three who were going to compete for the win. Bill Nighy, happy with fourth place. Five to win Paul Mescal, which probably was the most likely outcome all along. You just really wished he had gotten one or two more things to make you feel better about it. And maybe it's also because I while liking the performance and liking the film, don't adore it in the way that a lot of people did. So I wasn't rooting in the same way. But it it, it still seems like an interesting, like the indie got in. You know, all first-time nominees, which I like as well. Um, no yeah, Sandler. I like that a lot. No Sandler, no Cruz. Um, they had their pockets of support. No Hanks, kind of came on too late. No Gabriel LaBelle, because they clearly really like the Fablemans, but don't really love the Fablemans, which doesn't mean it won't win. Because you only have to like something. And thankfully, they did not go for the sun. Yeah. Uh, this is the last one where I went five out of five. Nice. This was an Same easy here. one to go five out of five. If I think especially if you either hadn't seen After Sun or you really like After Sun. I think those that made it easier to be like, yeah, do this. I think it's when you're like, 
I don't know. It took me a little bit more thinking about it to really get behind it that you you can overthink that one. And also, I I, I was neither, but I but I, I didn't think it was going to be Hanks. You you had Ray Fiennes. Yeah, that, no, no, I'd, I'd five for five. Christian, Christian Bale um, for Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was. But I mean, I Christian Bale for Thor. There was a, there was enough support behind After Sun that I thought it was going to sneak in somewhere, and I thought this would be, you know, this is it, and it was. So this is it. Well done, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. And best picture, All Quiet in the Western no, no, Front. Director. No. Oh yeah, sorry. It's it's not the the list is wrong. Um, the list went in the order of, of like how it was being written up. Sorry, um, director. Your nominees were Martin McDonough. He finally gets his director nomination. The Daniels, Steven Spielberg, Todd Field, and Ruben Ostlund. <laughs> so Spielberg, the Daniels, Field, McDonough—they seemed pretty safe to me. So it was what to do with that yeah. fifth slot? I had settled on Kaczynski. Yeah, I, same. I, yeah, like I, I figured Cameron kind of had faded. Um, Lerman, I think, was a Globes thing more than, and people kind of grabbing predictions there. And then I had had actually Rajamuli over Oslin. I had him at nine. I think what I was expecting was Edward Berger, even though I didn't predict it. Like, oh, they were going everywhere. Yeah, through. same. No, so. I thought that was exactly what was going to happen. I even if you're really big on Triangle, that that's a fucking hail mary prediction. If you got that one, yeah, that was sheer like. Just going for it. So four out of five. Yep. I yeah. Like nothing happened with that category beyond that fifth slot being strange. Yeah, I don't think it has any impact on who's winning. No, just, uh, I still I still think it's more likely than not Spielberg. I agree. Although I think Daniels are a very close number two. Yes, um, I I think so. And um, picture all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar: The Way of Water. The Banshees of Inisherin. Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. So I, Oh, so they did see it. That's yeah, yeah. the Selma nomination is what that exactly. is. So I uh, got nine? Yeah, because I had The Whale. I got eight because I had The Whale and The Woman King, which got shut out as it turned out. Yeah, I had Women um, Talking 12. But I had Women Talking and Triangle of Sadness as my 11 and 12, so it was not far off. Also, I just wanted to randomly throw out that um, She Said also got completely shut out, yes. which I just think is interesting because I remember when like the trailer came out, the whole concern about that was like, oh, well, this is kind of a awards baity sort of movie about this uh, thing, and you know, oh, how's that going to feel? But then we end up liking the movie just fine, but then it's not an awards player at all. So it's kind of like neither thing happened. Yeah. That was a puzzling one. It's a future. This had Oscar buzz film. Cause it kind oh, of very much in, so. into no man's the, land. Well, frankly, RRR should be on there too. Cause I, I wasn't predicting it in any other categories, but man, just song. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I don't want to say it's a bummer. Cause you're obviously thrilled. They got in, but you don't eat. Backhanded compliment in a way, almost by the end of the day. Yeah, but at, at least I can take solace in the fact that it's like become the front runner. Sure. Uh, so even if it's only going to be in the one category, at least has a good chance of winning it. Yes. Take what you can get when you can get it. Um, let's look at the questions real quick. Um, let me find them real quick. Steve, by the way, is having a technical issue, so I believe he'll join us shortly. 
as we uh, begin the wrap up. Uh, Matthew Anderson says, with Top Gun Maverick out of the cinematography race, does this mean it could come down to All Quiet and Elvis being the front runner in a category? Also, do you think editing and sound will end up going to Top Gun Maverick? We kind of grabbed this earlier. I think editing could well be Top Gun, but it could also be Everything Everywhere. And I think sound could be Top Gun, but also I'd watch out for for um, All Quiet. And I think he's right about All Quiet and Elvis probably being the top two maybe at the moment. I think Elvis maybe just end up winning in a, in a boring win. I, I agree with all of the above, um, but I think it's pretty close between Elvis and All Quiet. All right. Stand by. Steve's calling me. Let's do this. You're back on the podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to be. All right. Let's try to add you. I didn't stop recording. You're on. So if worst case scenario, you're on for the end of this. Um, quickly, while you're doing this, you got four out of five in director, I assume? Yes. And I didn't. how many did you miss in picture? I missed two. I missed uh, Triangle and I missed... Women Talking. Women Talking, which just freaking annoys me because I had it until... I, even when I was looking at my list, I was like, oh, wait, I did well. And then, oh, wait, no, the, the list I copied and pasted and then I changed at the last second when mm. I was hitting send is uh, is my loss. You can just close it out without me. It's not, I'm not getting back in here. Boy, I can't wait to figure out exactly how this turns out. Um, as we were working on uh, issues with Steve, he's on my phone right now. Um we're going to wrap with Kay Flea 208's question. How, why do you think Ruben Oestling got that international slash female directing spot over Edward Berger, Park Chan-wook, Sarah Polly, or even a Charlotte Wells? Also, if it was still a year of five in best pick, who gets in? And if it was still a sliding scale, how many get in and what makes the cut? So that's how we'll go out. Um, first of all, I think the people who like Triangle really, really like Triangle. Won the Palm Door, things like that. So it just... Yeah. In, in in if we're gonna call it that slot, I think that pack were so closely knit together that it ended up benefiting him. Just kind of how that goes randomly. Same way that like why why did Bradley Cooper miss for director? Why did Denny Villeneuve miss for director? Like there's no reason for it to happen per se. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. It's easy to like fall victim to the groupthink conspiracies and like, oh, the Oscars have some, you know, vendetta against something or they have some agenda or whatever. But it's just, you know, it it ends up being the collective of what everyone sort of thinks. And it seems like a lot of people are really high on Triangle. That's true. As Steve tells me, he can't hear you. So he's going to he's going to say goodbye. So, Steve, you know what? Tell me quickly um, your your big snub and what you would have replaced. And then we'll let you go. My big snub is, is decision to leave. Um, and the one that I would, I'd like to see in there that wasn't there is bad acts. Okay, cool. Um, enjoy editing this by the way. Yeah, it should be fun. Exactly. You guys will hear this in the morning and, uh, Wonderful. send Steve a thank you message. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Miles, Miles. says thank you. You're welcome. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, you can look for me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmstork <laughs> and also listen to The Verse where you can find all your podcast needs and uh, we had a really great episode this week where we covered The Last of Us and uh, The Legend of Vox Machina and it's getting great reception. So join in. Fantastic. Um, so they answered the other two questions quickly and then we can wrap up so Steve can get to work on this. I think um, there were seven or eight nominees with a sliding scale. I think um, Women Talking and Triangle would miss on a sliding scale. Agreed. And then maybe not Avatar. Maybe. Yeah. I, but I think it would have been vulnerable. But those sure. other seven seem like they're so widely acclaimed. 
Um, now, if it was a five, I think you have everything everywhere, Banshees and Fablemans, right? For sure. And then you probably have Top Gun, especially in this year where it made so much money. Yeah. Agreed. And then it's Elvis or Tar. I think it's Tar, personally. Or is it All Quiet because it had all those other nominations? Oh, no. You know what? I think it is All Quiet based on the rest of the nominations. I yeah. almost wish I, it takes out Elvis from Best Picture. I like this world, kind of. <laughs> uh, can't uh, can't like fully do that. All right. Um, let's call it an evening. Um, so we know where Steve can be followed. Um, Miles, say where you can be followed. And also, if you want to see more of what missed and what I would have put in, I did my annual like alternate nominations where I, I make up a list of only what missed. So like best actor is, is Sandler Cruz, you know, that kind of lineup picture is, uh, is she said the whale, um, women King, all, you know, you're, you guys, get what I'm going at, you can, you can see if certain categories maybe even look better than what the Academy did. So that's where many of the snubs that I, uh, would go with are, but miles wrap up, say we can be followed and tell me, uh, yours. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Check out my writing on Awards Radar and Looper. Uh, sometime towards the end of February, there's going to be an article about that 28 Days of Love nice. marathon that we're going to be kicking off. So look Can't forward wait. to that. Uh, and sorry, what was the question? Uh, give me your big, your big snub. And, uh, if you could replace a nominee, what would you do? Uh, well, biggest snub, definite decision to leave for international. I could extend that to RRR, but it wasn't eligible. Um, if I could mix one around besides obviously just switching out a decision to leave for EO because fuck EO, um, I would also want to see Dano in supporting actor over Hirsch. I know Hirsch okay. has the showier sort of, you know, in and out performance, but Dano to me is the glue that holds that movie together. And also he's well overdue for his first nomination. Nice. Uh, you can find me, Joey Magnuson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards radars on several of those things. Um, thank you for all the kind words again that I've, I've heard from you over the last week. And um, uh, thank you for um, allowing me to be, vocal when i'm having a good or bad day um side note i I, we cut out me talking about sundance uh we'll do that next week once it's kind of over also i don't feel like remembering what i did talk about and didn't besides um quickly miles are you seeing infinity pool this weekend i don't know if i'm seeing it this weekend but i'll probably get to it okay because i'll bring it up next week and and i was curious if you would have potentially seen it it's wild so that's kind of like one of the few high-profile things there. It's a very low-key festival, so I don't feel like missing. Well, I don't feel like we're missing out right now. Also, we had bigger fish to fry. Sure. Um, swap out. I think I gotta say triangle in picture for literally almost anything. Um, but among the most likely nominees, I'd be very happy with the whale there instead. Um, or she said, but she said obviously it'd be a one-and-done nomination. And um, and big snub for me. I um not against anyone, but Dano obviously and um Sandler. Though I think this really puts a lot of uh, early buzz on when he does his uh, Safety Brothers movie with Netflix in the next year or so. Yeah. Yeah. So we will see. Um next week, more of the fallout from here. We'll talk about Sundance, we'll talk about um whatever else is going on, and uh it'll be a good one. So we're gonna wrap up. Steve sends his regards from the phone and the 
broken internet. And, uh, you know, stay safe. And uh, we will see you at the movies. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment contacts.